Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome into the Tuesday, August the 21st edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, Coach Gaze spitting hot fire, tempering the concern over losing preseason games, and an attack on two of Dolphins fans' favorite beat writers. Also, the team is deeper than it is talented, which means correct use of sub packages will be critical. We'll fill out the lineup for 11 and 12 personnel on offense, as well as base, nickel, and dime defense. But before we get into any of that, I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, give us a follow on Twitter at Winkle NFL, number one follow on Dolphins Twitter, voted by Dolphins Twitter, and the show at LockedOnFins, as well as LockedOnDolphins.com, the number one blog in the Lockdown Network, and Last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Check out the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast as we continue to grow into a nationally recognized podcast network. All right, let's go ahead and get into the news today from the Mad Dog. All right, Miami! And there isn't really any breaking news today to talk about, but the word on Kenny Stills sounds encouraging, at least from Coach Adam Gase. He mentioned that Stills himself is insisting that he's ready to go, which is a given for most players this day and age. They will always tell you they're fine and ready to play. But the team, for the most part, will be cautious with an eye towards Week 1 and getting him healthy for that game against the Tennessee Titans. They do expect to see him back at practice soon this week, whether he plays against the Ravens. That much remains to be unseen, but there is hope that he'll be back for Week 1, and that seems likely. All right, that's it for the news. Let's go ahead and jump right into the meat of the podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins and I record this podcast on a Monday evening here out on the Oregon coast. We are on the road doing the show for you guys with a little pop-up set that I put together to record the show for you guys. I brought all my tools and equipment, so here we are recording. I hope the sound quality is still just as good. But there's not a lot of news to get to as the Dolphins' practices are now being kind of pulled back from the public eye, from the media, and definitely from fans as the Dolphins will begin to start working on things and preparation that will get them ready for game number one as they will also game plan this week for the Baltimore Ravens. But the good news is we have content from Coach Gay speaking at a press conference on Sunday afternoon where he laid down some hot fire. It was a 15-minute clip. I highly suggest or highly recommend, I should say, that you guys all go check it out. He gave us some very candid hits and notes that should really quell the concerns that some fans have. I've been preaching patience on the podcast because after all, it is preseason. It's totally irrelevant. The 4-0 Browns last year went 0-16. You guys know all the marks and all the numbers, but Adam Gase spelled it out in a way that, you know, not to toot our own horn here at Locked On Dolphins, but we've been talking about this for a while now, that these games just don't matter and for a number of reasons that Adam Gase listed. We'll get to those here in a minute, but first a few notes. He mentioned Raekwon McMillan playing in his first year in the league, essentially and they saw some things that they liked when he stopped thinking about playing the game and they put a lot on his plate from the mental aspect of the game getting guys lined up correctly being the quarterback of the defense and they feel as though that has made him play slower they want him to play faster and he did it for a couple of plays on Friday night shooting gaps getting in there on a screen play making a tackle in the backfield looked pretty good out there 
on those plays, but he had one or two bad plays that really, really kind of made his night not a positively viewed one. He talked about, Coach Gaze that is, talked about having 91 back, and you notice his impact immediately, how he dents the edge in the running game. I found that interesting because for what Cam Wake has been the last few years, his running game prowess has kind of taken a step back, but he's still an elite level pass rusher. But the Dolphins clearly view him as an every down type of player that can be effective both against the run and the pass. He mentioned how impressed they were with Kendall Langford, and rightfully so. Played 18 reps in a first, the first time he put pads on since 2017, and he smashed his conditioning test when he first got there. So he's probably going to make this team as the fourth, fifth defensive tackle on the roster. And let's get into the juicy stuff here that really I wanted to talk about. As a couple of beat writers were asking him some discrediting questions about his plan, his team, his offense. And they asked about the red zone offense and the third down offense. And Gaze pulled them back and said, did you guys see how long the distances to gain were on those third down plays? If you guys don't know, they were 25, 14, 12, 11, and 6. And he said that's flat out unmanageable. And he's right because you look at the league averages for third down conversions. Anything over 7 yards gets under 30%. You get into the 11, 12 range, you're talking about 15% conversion rate on third down. So it's not just the Dolphins that struggle in that area. Literally every team in the league struggles on third and 10 plus. It is not a down designed to convert first downs. And especially in this Dolphins offense, it is a rhythm-based timing offense, short passes, hurry up, tempo. Let's get the ball to the quarterback's hands. Let's keep the offense and the drive moving, keep the defense off the field, and get that defense worn down. And there is this idea about going back to 2016 and how much they inserted shot plays into the offense. And one thing a play caller has to be able to do is show your hand in one look on one play and come back to a similar look that has different layers and attacks different areas of the defense so that defense bites. When we were all kids in the backyard, what would you do? You'd go out there and you'd run a hitch route and then you run a hitch and go and get that cornerback coming up and biting on the hitch and you hit him for a deep ball over the top. Same thing happens in the NFL. These play cars will set up plays to show the defense one thing and then capitalize on it later. And they really are holding back in the red zone. And on third down, Coach Gaze said exactly that. We're not going to show our hand for the regular season in the preseason when it's on tape and give these guys an idea of what we want to do because you can work on it in 11-on-11 in practice and get the exact same effect as if you're working against another team in another color. So no point in putting it on tape. And that goes in the same vein with Mike Kosicki, who was a big point of contention in the press conference, talking about his work in the blocking game and how they're really trying to get that hammered out right now. And the passing game is next. And they're not really worried about the passing game because we've seen what he can do in that element of the football game. And he really, really excels in that area. And it goes in the idea with, let's not put it on tape. Let's show this on tape, show guys that he actually is willing to block in line to pass protect and grind out some running plays on the blocking front. And we'll work in the passing game later. And then there was another great comment from Coach Gaze about Armando Salguero saying something about the team sucking. And Gaze basically told Armando, well, that's your comment. I have the ability to view the big picture and realize that we're building this thing for the season. We're not trying to build up to win preseason games. We're trying to build this thing so the offense can be clicking come September and get off and going from that standpoint. So that was fun to hear him shut him down, but it was even more fun to hear him shut down Omar Kelly, who asked the last question of the presser, talking about Jakeem Grant and the way defenses play him with that seven-yard cushion playing off and allowing him to eat underneath the coverage. And he said, do you expect teams to play that way against Jakeem in the regular season? And Adam Gay said, well, wouldn't you? And then he said, wait, we all know how fast you run, so we know you'd have to do that. So that was pretty funny to hear him take a dig at Omar and just really kind of put the media that has been so negative and so annoying in their proper place. 
All right, guys. So speaking of coaches, come the season, they're going to have plenty of options when it comes to filling out 11 men on the field for every snap. And you have plenty of options for which sports media outlets you read. And that's why I'm excited to tell you guys about our newest sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network. And if you are a sports fan, I am sure you have heard by now of TheAthletic.com. And we are very, very proud and excited to announce a partnership with The Athletic and a promo code to get you a discount for your subscription. That promo code is theathletic.com slash locked on dolphins. And that is good for 40% off your first year subscription, just $2.99 a month. The Athletic is a subscription-based publisher of smarter sports coverage for diehard fans. The Athletic's model is simple. No ads, no pop-ups, and no autoplay videos. Instead of that, readers subscribe for authentic, in-depth coverage written by journalists who know their team inside and out. Coverage will go beyond game recaps and trade speculation to provide smarter analysis and a deeper perspective about teams and the league itself. Subscribers have access to local and national content with more than 650 to 700 new stories published every single week across all major sports. Subscribe today to The Athletic and be part of the future of sports journalism. Again, that is theathletic.com slash Dolphins. Good for 40% off your first year subscription. And rolling into the second segment of the Tuesday, August the 21st edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. And one of the things I wanted to bring up was the idea of different personnel packages and how the Dolphins can get this depth onto the field and not just worry about the top 11 players on offense and top 11 players on defense. And as we know, the NFL has evolved into a substitution-based league where you have to have 15 or 20 guys on each side of the ball that can come onto the field and perform every single game in different packages and show the other team different looks and just be prepared for everything your roster has to offer and using the entire 53-man slate. And that's such a far cry from what the league used to be in terms of using the same 11 guys every single play for 100% of the snaps. And I wanted to just break down the different personnel grouping options the Dolphins had. And we'll start with the offense. And it's not that really crazy or convoluted. You have the three main packages. We've seen two of them so far. The Dolphins have only ran 11 and 12 personnel in the preseason games, at least in the first half when I tracked them. They did run 13 personnel one play last week, but still not really a sample size that you can take a lot from. But the 11 personnel set, which is going to be typically 60 to 70% of your snaps for a given team in the league, will be obviously Ryan Tannehill, Kenyon Drake, and Mike Gesicki with the same offensive line of Laramie Tunzel, Josh Sitton, Dan Kilgore, Jesse Davis, and Jawan James. That group will pretty much stay the same throughout the course of this segment. But the wide receivers for 11 personnel for me are Kenny Stills, Danny Amendola, and then a a mix, a variety of Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson. I don't really care which one. Whoever you feel like you can get onto the field, whoever has fresher legs, do that. I don't want to see Devontae Parker on that set anymore. I'm over that experiment entirely, as you will soon find out, because in 12 personnel, I have the same offensive line, Ryan Tannehill, Kenyon Drake, Mike Gesicki, Marquise Gray comes onto the field, and he replaces Danny Amendola, while Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant stay out there, and we take Kenny Stills off the field. But then for 13 personnel, we go same offensive line, Ryan Tannehill, and then I'm taking Kenyon Drake off the field for Frank Gore. And do remember that running backs will be kind of worked in and out depending on their level of conditioning and how ready they are for each and every snap. And then the tight ends for 13 personnel, I'm going Mike Kosicki again, Marquise Gray, 
And I'm putting Durham Smythe out there. I thought he has shown enough to earn reps in some certain sub packages where he can really rely on his prowess in the run blocking game, but also sneak out into the route and probably catch some touchdowns down around the goal line. And then Kenny Stills as my 13 personnel wide receiver when they go one back, three tight ends, and one wide receiver. As far as the other groupings and packages, pretty much you're going to look at, you know, 0-1 personnel where you have one zero running backs and one tight end. That'll be Gasicki, and I'll go with the top four wide receivers. Basically, Devontae Parker is excluded from that group. So you have Danny Amendola, Kenny Stills, Jakeem Grant, Albert Wilson, or 10 personnel, one running back, those same four receivers, and Kenyon Drake on the field. That's going to be the ultimate speed package, and good luck. Good luck to defenses to keep up with that. As far as defense, this is what really inspired this segment, talking about these defenders that will get onto the field for certain packages. And the idea came from a dime package that I tweeted out, I believe on Saturday morning, or maybe it was late Friday night, talking about a way to incorporate Maurice Smith onto the field. And we'll get into that here in a second. But the base defense, I'm going with this group up front, Devon Godshaw, Vincent Taylor, William Hayes, and Robert Quinn. To me, that's your best run defending defensive line. You might even be able to work Kendall Langford in there at some point, but I don't know how much you want to sacrifice from the pass rush entirely because teams will throw out of base personnel. It does happen quite often, actually. Your linebackers in that one, Raekwon McMillan, Kiko Alonso, Jerome Baker, and the secondary is going to be pretty much the same across the board. Xavier Howard, Bobby McCain on the outside. He has won the job for my money. That was my pick all along going back to when he signed the extension. That is still my pick at six and a half million bucks a year. That is a absolute bargain for a good boundary corner. The safeties are going to be Rashad Jones and Minka Fitzpatrick. McDonald, you can come into the game later. The nickel defense, we're going to go completely different up front here. Jordan Phillips and Akeem Spence, the two pass rushing types of nose tackles and defensive tackles. Cameron Waite comes onto the field. Robert Quinn stays out there, and he can kind of substitute with Charles Harris as a seen fit. Linebackers are Raekwon McMillan and Jerome Baker comes onto the field for Kiko Alonso. I don't expect that to happen. I just hope it happens. And then the three safeties that will come onto the field will be Rashad Jones. Mika Fitzpatrick will probably play the slot role while TJ McDonald plays the other safety role. Xavier Howard and Bobby McCain still out there. And then the dime defense. This is the fun one that kind of inspired the entire thing. Cameron Wake, Charles Harris, Robert Quinn, your NASCAR pass rushing package. And they had Akeem Spence out there on Friday for the game, but I'm going with Jordan Phillips because he has the best ability to impact the passing game and compromise the pocket. My linebacker, this might be crazy to some of you guys, I'm going with the rookie Jerome Baker. He has shown by far the best acumen to play in this set. And in the secondary, there's going to be six defensive backs in your dime defense. Still the same guy, Xavier Howard, Bobby McCain, I'm going with four safeties on the field. I'm, Torrey McTire could get on the field out here, but I'm going with Rashad Jones, Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ McDonald, and Maurice Smith. I thought he played well enough to earn a roster spot. He played a little bit last year in that Oakland Raiders game. I think he deserves some reps, and I would see what he can do in that dime defense. If not him, you go with Torrey McTire, and you use Minka Fitzpatrick more as an off-the-ball safety. So that's my packaging groupage on the Dolphins' defense and offense. That could be subject to absolute change. I hope they do some of that. We'll see what happens. Could get a little bit better look into that on the game on Saturday against the Baltimore Ravens. We'll have you guys covered for that game, as always, in the Locked On Dolphins podcast. We have one more segment to get to here today, talking about another former Dolphin throwing shade at our Miami Dolphins. We'll do that next. Locked On Dolphins podcast at Winkville NFL at Locked On Fins. As you guys know on this podcast, I am not a fan of digging up political stuff or player beef, whatever it is. It's not my favorite content to cover. 
but it is a Tuesday afternoon in the middle of August, and we have to get to some stuff talking about Ndamukong Sue being the latest former Dolphin to throw shade at his former team. And it was on Instagram, he posted a picture of Christian McCaffrey's long run with a comment that said, right up the gut, and there was a laughing emoji on there. I, I suppose that's what we're calling it these days, talking about media and communication with one another. But there was a great tweet regarding that particular snapshot. I forget the handle, so I do apologize. I retweeted it. It's on my timeline if you guys want to see who it was. But regarding the Dolphins' run defense, on a Monday night last year against that same Carolina team, the Dolphins, with Ndamukong Sue in the game for 81% of the plays, allowed 294 rushing yards, including a 69-yard run right up the gut. So, give or take, whatever you want to call it, sure, losing Ndamukong Sue hurts, but let's just not pretend like he was there and prevented all of this from happening last year because that just was not the case. The Dolphins' run defense has been bad basically since Ndamukong Sue got here. So let's take away that money, put it elsewhere. Maybe it'll still suck, but at least parts of the other team will be other parts of the team will be much improved. But Ndamukong Sue now joins Jarvis Landry, Mike Pouncey, and Jay Ajayi as throwing shade at Gaze and the Miami Dolphins. And this does kind of remind you a little bit of what happened with Chip Kelly in Philadelphia in his first go in the NFL. And obviously you hope it goes in the other direction because one side of this will be made to look right and the other side will be to made look a fool or possibly out of jobs in the near future. So it's it's a very double-edged sword. It's a fine line we have to walk, but we'll see what happens. We'll get the answer and the closure to all of this offseason beef just in less than three weeks now as the Dolphins kick it off for real in about 19 days against the Tennessee Titans at home at Hard Rock Stadium on Sunday, September the 9th. And as always, we will have you guys covered for everything you want to know about those games and this Miami Dolphins team on LockedOnDolphins.com as well as the Locked On Dolphins podcast. And a reminder to check out my piece up there right now on LockedOnDolphins.com talking about the two critical elements that could derail the Dolphins' vision and their plan for success in 2018. You can catch our post-game reviews up there. They are getting absolute rave reviews, tons of clicks, tons of views, and we greatly, greatly appreciate that. We'll have daily content pretty much from now until the end of January when the season comes to an end, hopefully into February for our Miami Dolphins. But as for this particular podcast, that is going to do it for me. You guys, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins and keep up to date on our daily Dolphins blog at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Give me time.